You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. In today's bulletin, you will find a copy of a letter from Bishop Braxton and a copy of a letter from Pope Francis, both written in response to many recent newspaper articles about a Pennsylvania grand jury study released on August the 14th, finding that in six Catholic dioceses in that state of Pennsylvania, over a period of 70 years, over 300 priests were incredibly accused of sexually abusing more than 1,000 minors. And in many cases, these crimes were concealed by bishops who did not report them to law enforcement and did not remove the priests from active ministry. I'd like to encourage you to take time to read both of these letters that are inserted in today's bulletin. I think it is well worth your time. Certainly, these recent revelations are both shocking and embarrassing atrocities. But in light of what was uncovered in our own diocese some 25 years ago when 15 clergymen were removed from active ministry for credible allegations of sexual abuse of minors, these recent revelations for Pennsylvania are not totally surprising. Pope Francis himself will be addressing this issue of clerical abuse of minors during his visit to Ireland this weekend. And Bishop Braxton's letter was published in the Belvo News Democrat on Friday and is on our diocesan, diocesan and parish websites. However, I feel responsibility as your parish priest to address this issue myself, as uncomfortable and as embarrassing as it is for me to do so. But since Father Gary is away this weekend, and I have all four Masses and have an opportunity to share with all who attend Mass this weekend. I am well aware that this issue has caused great anger among many faithful Catholics, as well as among us priests, and rightly so, and that some of the faithful and some priests have left the Church over this issue, and that many more may leave after these most recent revelations. The way, this have been, the way this issue has been handled in the past by church leadership has put a chokehold on the church's credibility on other important issues of the day. And of course, the issue of clergy abuse of minors is certainly not helpful in recruiting new candidates to the priesthood during this time of great shortage of priests. When we find such moral corruption in the leadership of our church, we have a choice, fight or flight. I have chosen fight, not flight, mindful that this is not the first time in our church's 2,000-year history that we have been faced with moral corruption in some of the church's clergy. I remind myself of what St. Paul himself reminded us of in our second reading today from his letter to the Ephesians when he says, Christ is the head of the church. 
And with Christ as our head, I think we should never lose hope in the face of the challenges that such scandals bring us. We are all sinners, and that's why we begin every celebration of the Eucharist with a penitential rite. And clergy are not exempt from sin and the need for repentance. From my humble personal perspective, I think we must make every effort as an institutional church to stamp out all clericalism in the church, a holier-than-thou attitude that can lead to a double standard and can easily become part of our church's culture. And that, I think, is very unhealthy. This is something that Pope Francis himself constantly speaks out against. I think one small step in that direction would be to do away with any formal clerical titles like very reverend and most reverend and monsignor, your excellency, your eminence, and your holiness. Father, bishop, cardinal, and pope appropriately designate a special spiritual role without seeming arrogant or pompous. These other titles, I think, are not consistent with Jesus' model of servant leadership, which is so well exemplified, I think, by Pope Francis himself. I also agree with Pope Francis, who stated in his 2013 apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, that, and I quote, we need to create still broader opportunities for a more incisive female presence in the church. And the Pope goes on to say, because the feminine genius is needed in all expressions in the life of society and in the church. And Pope Francis goes on to say, women do not have to be priests, he says, to have important leadership and decision-making roles in the church. We have room for lots of improvement in this regard. But I believe that progress in this area will help to rid ourselves of clericalism in the church. For as I have learned firsthand from my four sisters, women are the best ones at keeping men humble. <laughs> I believe that people in general will forgive the moral failures of church leaders if we're willing to acknowledge them. But if we're not transparent, and hide them or cover them up, especially when we seem to be more concerned with protecting the good name of the church than we were with protecting innocent children, we cannot expect forgiveness. We cannot call ourselves a pro-life church if we tolerate the abuse of children in any form or by anyone. In our own diocese, since the revelations of clergy abuse of minors 25 years ago, we have made, I think, great strides to protect all children by requiring everyone, including clergy and religious, who work with minors in a parish or school setting to participate in a child protection training program that includes annual updates, something that every diocese in our country is now mandated to do. And as always, we must strive to learn from our mistakes and make something positive 
come from them. For certainly you have a right to expect more from your spiritual leaders. If laity and clergy alike all acknowledge that Christ is the head of the church, I believe that we can overcome this present crisis. As I always remind myself, if we work as if everything depends upon us and pray knowing that everything depends upon God, all things are possible, including overcoming this time of scandal in Christ's church. In this time of crisis and darkness in our church, it is important, I think, not to forget that the Catholic Church takes care of more people, more sick people, more poor people, more hungry people, more orphaned children, more neglected people, more prisoners, more migrants, and more refugees than any other institution on the face of the earth. And so sometimes we get to bask in the glow of glory, and sometimes we must stand in the shadow of shame. Sexual abuse of minors is a human problem. And so no church or no institution will be exempt from it. And that's why every church and every institution must be ever vigilant and take proactive measures to combat it and to prevent it. Indeed, no person, no one group of persons, no church, and no institution is good all the time. But the good news that we must never forget in the midst of all of our human frailty is that God is good all the time. All the time.